All right, I will say good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking all of the sponsors of this morning share to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev. Josh and Becca Friedman for dedicating all the Sherman Joshals this month. We have the yard site of Josh's father. You saw Yehuda ben Haraf Chaim Rafael for an aliyah for the neshamas of all of those who were murdered on Kiddush Hashem on Shemini Yatzeres and Simchas Torah in Eretz for a safe return for all of our hostages and Chayavim. Semi Amalka Esther Sinami of their parents Hinda Bas Hena Chayim Yitzchok Leib Ben Aaron Akoin and Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram. The Pepper family, in memory of their brother and uncle, Yosef Pepper, Yosef David, Ben Yaakov, Zichron Livracha. Our week of learning sponsors, Gail and Doug Stenger, in memory of Doug's father, Shraga Feibel, Ben Moshe Avram Halevi. And of course, as a shir, we dedicate our entire Maseches Baba Kama, Le'iloi Nishmas, Master Sergeant Elio Michal Harush. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshama Salah and Aliyah and the families in Nechama. With that, let us, let us begin. So today's daf, today's daf Baruch Hashem is daf Chavchas. We have a lot to do today, but a really, a really incredible, a really incredible sugi ahead of us. We are, we are beginning, we're picking up on daf Chav Zayin on the base. So we'll say, if you remember again, if you remember again, we left off, we left off with the following, the following situation. Rav Chista had sent a Shiloh to Rav Nachman, specifically regarding the issue of Boshas. Right, specifically this idea, and I will say, Boshas is an interesting, interesting payment. So we've already discussed the idea. You only go ahead and pay Boshas if there's intentionality, if a person is mazid or karov lamazid. And now Rav Chista was saying to Rav Nachman, depending on how you go ahead and you injure someone, so that determines the amount of the Boshas payment. Rav Chista then asked Rav Nachman about a very specific case regarding the following situation. Reuben and Shimon shared a well. Each of them had the right to go ahead and draw water from the well on one day. On the day that should have been Reuben's, so Shimon goes ahead and draws from the well. What did Reuben do? Reuben hit him with a shovel. Shovel, right? So then, so Rav, so Rav, so Rav Nachman said, so, sorry, so Rav Chista said to Rav Nachman, what's the payment of Boshes for Boshes in such a scenario like that? Where Reuven strikes Shimon with a with with a with the shovel. So I'll say so. So interesting. So what did Rav Chista respond? Rav Chista responded that he could have hit him with a shovel a hundred times. Right? He was absolutely entitled to hit him with a shovel, in or because again, at the end of the day, Shimon was depriving Reuven of his right to the well. So I'll say that that's where that's where we left off with. So the Gemara says. The Gemara says. Uh, so that is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14 lines are from the bottom. So again, so Rav so he could have struck him with the shovel a hundred times. So the says, well, interesting. This actually raises a very interesting point. So, this, so essentially what Rav Nachman is saying to Rav is that a person is able to go ahead, literally translated, to take the law into their own hands. That if I see myself about to suffer a loss, I have the right to take the law into my own hands in order to prevent that particular loss. The Gemara says, so that, what's happening over here? So Reuven is going to hit Shimon with a shovel in order to get Shimon to stop taking from his well. So now, so essentially Gemara says like this, even according to the opinion that says, that a person normally cannot take the law into their own hands. There's a system. There's a system. Someone's doing something that upsets you. Someone uh, upsets you. Someone's doing something that you know legally adversely impacts you. Someone's taking something from you. You take it to base. Then there, there, there's there's a legal process. We don't believe in vigilante justice. However, however, the Gemara says, if I'm suffering a loss, and again, I'm saying, here's the issue. If I'm suffering a loss, now if I have to go to Beisdin, so Bepashtos, what's going to happen? The loss is going to become amplified. Seen according to the opinion that says you can't only take the law into your own hands, in a situation of loss, you are permitted to take the law into your own hands. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Now, obviously, we're not talking about a situation where 
we're not sure about what the halacha is, right, where there's some, some ambiguity. Let's say it's a situation where it's clear, like in this case over here. Reuven and Shimon own the well together. Remember again, you know, Wednesday, Wednesday is with, uh, Shimon's day, and Thursday is Reuven's day. And comes Thursday, Reuven shows up, and Shimon's drawing water from the well. That's wrong. That's illegal. That's in breach of the agreement. There's no, like, two sides to this. That's it. So the Gemara suggests, so again, in a case, so in a case of, in a case, so normally there's an opinion that says, even when the law is clearly on your side, you still can't take legal matters into your own hands. However, Rashi says, See, the problem will say is that sometimes if a person goes to Beisnin, so we'll say, so what's the issue in this case? The issue in this case is by the time Ruben goes to Beisdin, remember what's going to happen, by the time Ruben is going to Beisdin, Shimon's still continuously drawing water, right? And so again, the loss is going to continue. Ruben doesn't know how to quantify the loss because Shimon's going to take, keep taking water. In this case, Rashi says, Ki gavna avit inesh So we'll say, so there's two things happening over here. Number one, there's a general guess. Are you allowed to take the law into your own hands? Right? That, that's that. Are you allowed to go ahead and take, take action in order to stave off loss for yourself in a situation where clearly, the halo, right, or in a situation where the halach is clear and the law clearly sides with you? So that's the machlokas. You are suggesting even the opinion that says that you normally can't do that, the makom pseida, in a situation of loss, like in our case over here, Everyone agrees that you can take the law into your own hands in order to stave off loss. Okay, the Itmar, says, In general, Yehuda says, a person can't take the law into their own hands. Rav Nachman says, yes, you can. So the Yomar says, but please, but whether it's a situation of loss, like for example, in this case over here, Everyone agrees that you could take the law into your own hands and you could go ahead and do what you need to do in order to stave off any further loss. In a situation where there is no loss, where there is no loss. So if I have a dispute with Ruben, even though it's clear, it's clear that the halacha sides with me, if there's not an ongoing loss, then again, at least Rabbi Huda says, Rabbi Huda says, take it to Beisdin. Take it to Beisdin. But where there is a loss, where there is a loss, halach halamaisa, halach you're allowed to say, everyone agrees, you can take the law into your hands. Rabbi Huda, amr lo'av it in eshtil lanafshay, dechevon deleka psida, lezel kane dine, dayno. Rabbi Huda says, look, even though the halacha might be clear that you're in the right and the other guy's in the wrong, if there's not an ongoing imminent loss, take it to Beisdin. Just go, go, the legal, go the legal route and allow it to get resolved in the proper way. So this is interesting. Rav Nachman says, no, Rav Nachman says, Allah says like this. In a situation where it is clear that you are in the right. Rav say, understand, those kind of cases are, 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 are sometimes a little bit far and few, but in other words, I have a situation where it's clear that you're right and the other guy is wrong. I always say, you know, even in the well case, even in the well case, you know, as much as it seems pretty straightforward here, you know, Shimon is drawing water on Ruvain's day, but yet again, I don't know, maybe Shimon has a counter tie right? Otherwise, see, in this case, the way that it worked out over here is Ruvain says to Shimon, Shimon, it's my day. And essentially Shimon says, I don't care. I don't care. So that's a case, that's a case where it's explicit that Ruven is right and Shimon is wrong. But Lamaisa, again, only in that kind of case could you take matters into your own hands. So, so Nachman will say, look, if Allah Lamaisa, Ruven's right and Shimon's wrong, the system doesn't require Ruven to go to Beisdin. Going to Beisdin is still a tircha. Right? It's, it's still, it still creates sometimes like an undue stress, some undue difficulties. And therefore Nachman says, if the law clearly sides with you, you don't have to avail yourself of the legal process, take matters into your own hands. So we'll say, fascinating Machlokas. Machlokas Rav Nachman, Rabbi Yehuda, can a person take the law into their own hands? Rabbi Yehuda says, never. Rav Nachman says, always, right? But only in the case where it's clear that you are correct. 
But everyone agrees where there's a situation of loss that you can take matters into your own hands in order to stave off any further loss. Incredible. So I'll say now let's analyze this. We're going to spend some time really, really plowing through this a little bit. So Master of Khan, of Khan raised the cash up. Ben Bagbag Omer, Al Tikonis Lachatzer Chavercha, Lito Eshalach, Shalcha, Shalobershos, Shematira Alov Kiganov. So I'll say this is interesting. Salach Lamaisa. If let's say again, I, I lent an object to Ruvain, right? I went ahead, I lent my uh, lawnmower to Ruvain. So what happens? So now Ben Bagbag says like this, but Ruvain's not giving it back. So Ben Bagbag says, don't walk, you know, secretively or stealthily into the rishus of Ruvain to get back your lawnmower. Why? Because then it looks like you're a ganov. looks like you're a thief. So rather, what should you do? The Gemara says, Elo, Shivara Shinov, break his teeth. And say, I'm taking my lawnmower. In other words, if somebody has your stuff and they're not giving it back to you, don't go surreptitiously in there sneaking around like a ganov, like a thief. Go in there, march in, punch him in the mouth, knock out his teeth, right? And tell him, I'm taking my stuff back. That will say, now, now obviously, don't knock out anyone's teeth, right? This, this is an expression. Rashi says over here, Shivara Shinov. Rashi says, Kilomar, Kach Bechazaka. Rather, what, stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. And you can even use a little bit of force in order to be able to take back your, it's, it's your, it's your stuff. It's your lawnmower. And I was, we'll say, what, once again, what, what is this? What is this? This is a case, ultimately, again, this is a case of where clearly the law is on my side. The law is on my side. And what is Ben Bagbag saying? Ben Bagbag is saying, when the law is on your side, take it. Take it. And even use a little bit of force, which means you could take the law into your own hands. So, so this clearly sides with Rav Nachman and ultimately, again, is against Rabbi Huda. Amrle. So Rabbi Huda would respond. Amrle, he responds back. Tap of Chavchas. So, Imach Ben Bagbag Yechidahu Opliki Rabbanan Ben Bagbag is a singular opinion. In other words, so the, the Imach Rashi says over here, again, this is what you have, like this, 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 this is the question you're bringing. Okay, there's an opinion, Ben Bagbag. But just because Ben Bagbag says it, in no way makes that the majority opinion. This is an opinion, but ultimately, again, the Rabbanon disagree. Good. So, furthermore, Rabbanon says, what does he mean when Ben, ben Bagbag says, break his teeth? Bedin. It means break his teeth with judgment. In other words, hold him into court. Hold him into court, bring him to Beisdin. And I will say, in other words, it's, it's actually interesting. It's actually interesting. So what Ben Bagbag was saying, I will say, is, you know, on one hand, you might say, we are a people who values shalom so much. So therefore, maybe, you know what, Ruvain's not returning my lawnmower. You know what? Let it go. Let it go. So I will say, so remember, as much as we value shalom, you also have to stand up for that which is right and stand up against that which is wrong. So someone takes your stuff, you don't roll over for that. You don't, you know, it's interesting, I would say, you know, in, in Judaism, we do not have the concept of turn the other cheek. We don't have that concept. That is not a Jewish value. Right? So in other words, if somebody hurts you, if somebody hurts you, ultimately, again, you have the ability, first of all, don't let yourself be hurt. Turn the other cheek sounds like, I don't know, like somebody slaps you on one cheek, you say, you know, yes, sir, may I have another, you know, on the, on the other one. So, so first of all, no, I don't, I don't do that. And also, again, if I'm wronged, if I'm wronged, I have every right to stand up for myself. So therefore, Ben Bagbag says, break his teeth. <laughs> Not break his teeth, literally take it back by force. Break his teeth, bring him to Beisden. Here's the problem with that. So the way it reads is, break his teeth and tell him, I'm taking mine. It shouldn't say, Amrlo, you tell him, rather it's Omrimlo. They tell him, i.e. Beisden tells him, Furthermore, Shaliani no tell, it shouldn't say I'm taking my stuff. Rather, again, if it's Beisden talking, Shalohu no tell me by Beisden should say to Ruvain, he write that, that I'm taking my stuff, he is taking his stuff. To which the Gemara says, Kasha. Enochinami, you're right, that's a Kasha. So both say, so once again, once again, this Machlokis Rabbi Huddin Rav Nachman plays itself out on how you view the Ben Bagbag idea. Is Ben Bagbag saying, stand up for yourself, take matters into your own hand, and take your property back, like Rav Nachman? Or is he saying, no, rather break his teeth and then haul him into the legal system, into Beisdin. But Lamaisa, again, you cannot take matters into your own hands. So I'm going Machloke. So Tashma. So what says Lamaisa goes weiter. Shar sha'ala gabi chaber lahargo. Interesting case over here. One shar, one shar, 
climbed on top of another shar and was ready to kill him. Right? So, so upper shar was ready to kill lower shar. And the owner of the lower ox comes and pulls his ox out. And I was saying, now what ends up happening? Now, the upper shar, the upper shar, which, which was the aggressor, falls down on the ground and dies. So what's the halacha? Potter. Ultimately, again, the owner of the lower shar, who pulled out his lower shar, is potter. It's not obligated for the fact that now the upper shar died. Okay, so let's analyze. My love, bimuad, the lack of psida. Now, let's see, are we not talking about a case where the upper shar, the upper shar is a muad? Now, let's say, now remember again, let's play this out. If upper shar is a muad and kills lower shar, then what's talacha? What's talacha? Nezek shalin, complete damages. In which case, I will say what that means is the owner of the lower shar was not going to suffer a loss. Right? In other words, he didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to do anything. He could just leave the situation alone. Leave it, okay, the shar is going to die, Nebuch, but it's okay, he's going to be made whole because the upper shar is a muad anyway who's going to have to pay Nezek Shalim. So the Mara says, so the Bible says, but yet, yet, what do you see over here? Yet you see that Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, he is allowed to intervene to go ahead and stave off his own loss, meaning he's allowed to take the law into his own hands, even though it results in the death of the upper shar, right? even though he would have collected full damages. So that seems to side with Rav Nachman, that Ovid Inish Dino Lenav Shepard is going to take the law into his own hands. To which Shemar says, no, 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 lo, betam dika pseida. No, it's actually talking about a tam animal. The upper shar is a tam. Now, we'll say, if the upper shar is a tam, then what? That is a case of loss. Right? Why is that a case of loss? Why is that a case of loss? Because remember, Tam only pays Chatzinezeh. So now, Ruven, so now the owner of the lower shar is looking at this. If he does nothing and his, the lower shar is killed, the most he's going to collect is Chatzinezeh. So now, this is a case of Ikepseda. This is a case of where there's a loss. Everyone agrees that when there is loss, then what? Then what? You could take the law into your own hands. To which the Gemara says, Lo betam de Ikepseda. if that's the case, look at the end of the Raisa. If the owner of the lower shore comes and pushes off the upper shore, and as a result the upper shore dies, then the pusher, right, the owner of the lower shore, is going to be chayiv. But I don't understand, if we're talking about a tam, am I chayiv? Then I will say, why should the owner of the lower shore be chayiv if he pushed off the upper shore? After all, again, I will say, he's staving off a loss. That, that is pseida. To which the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. Because again, the owner of the lower shar could have accomplished the same thing by what? Pulling his animal out. He did not have to push off the upper shar. Rather, he could have saved his animal by pulling, by pulling it out. And that, way, and that way, again, avoiding pushing the upper shar. Okay, so, we'll say, so therefore, again, that case is also inconclusive. Inconclusive. So remember again, we're just bringing all of these cases to kind of clarify the Machlokes, Rabbi Huda and Rab Nachman. Next, Tashma. Interesting case here. Ruvain, Ruvain goes over to the field of Shimon, and what does he do? He fills up, he fills up the Chatzar of Shimon with jugs of oil and jugs of wine. Right? So just to be clear. So Ruvain goes over to Shimon's field and fills up Shimon's field with jugs of oil, jugs of wine. So what's that? So Shimon, the owner of the field, has the ability to actively smash the jugs on his way in and smash the jugs on his way out. In other words, somebody put jugs in his property, he has the right to smash them in order to get out. So what do you see from there? What do you see from there? that a person has the right to take the law into his own hands. In other words, Reuven, so Shimon could go to Bezin and say, listen, Bezin, Reuven placed his property in my property. It's not right. Please order the removal of it. Or he could just smash the jugs on his way in and on his way out. Now, says he could smash the jugs on his way in and way out. So what does that show you? That you could take matters into your own hands. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. I'm not going to what it means is, it's like he's allowed to go to Beisdin. On his way to Beisdin, he can smash jugs on his way to Beisdin. And if he needs to come back to retrieve, you know, I don't know, like a deed of ownership or something, he can smash jugs like that. So in other words, no, no, no. He can't take matters into his own hands. He has to go to Beisdin. 
But the difference just is that on his way to Bezdin or on his way back from Bezdin, he has the ability, right? See, he has the ability to clear a path for himself, so to speak. So I said, therefore, again, no raya. So Tashma, so this is an interesting case. Imagine for a second, Ruvain has an Eved. An Eved. In this case, it's an Eved Ivri. The Eved Ivri decided he wanted to stay after six years. And that becomes what we call a Nirza. Right? You also remember Nirza, his ear is pierced. Here may until Yovel. Yovel comes. Yovel comes. Time to go. Let's say, ever have company who won't go home. So now this guy's got a, got a decade-long, decades-long Eved. Guy, buddy, Eved, it's time to go home. Eved's not leaving. Eved's not leaving. So let's say, so what happens? The master, the master now, kind of like Messiah Messiah means like, he's pushing him out the door. And in the course of pushing the Eved out the door, what does he do? He injures him. He injures him. Now, this is another Jew. So there's damage. Is he interesting? What's Talacha? Pater. Now, let's, let's, let's analyze the logic of that. Why, why would Reuven be Pater for that? Why would Reuven be Pater? Because remember again, Reuven is taking matters into his own hand. The Halacha says, what happens at Yovel? What happens at Yovel? Evid goes home. Evid's not leaving on his own. So Reuven is taking matters into his own hand and not so gently escorting the Evid out. And in the course of taking matters into his own hands, he, ends, he, he injures the Eved. What does that show you? That you're allowed to take matters into your own hands. Right? In other words, he can go to Beisden and say, Beisden, can you order the Eved to leave? But instead of doing that, he takes matters into his own hands and scores the Eved out. So Tambud Lomar, so the Pastor will say, Pater. So what does that show you? That shows you, like, like again, like Rav Nachman. I'm sorry? There's no loss. Sure, the Eved is injured. Right. So let's say so. So the mice can remember again these damages. So so ultimately again, but he, the whole point is he doesn't have to pay damages over here because halacha lemaisa you're allowed to take matters into your own hands. So again, I'll say the pasuk says you don't have to pay kofar to the one literally again. I'll say who is sitting in your house. Rashi says over here Darosh ba l'shav, or the shave, l'mishsherot z'lashov, l'kilkulo u'lios eved l'shnak. Rina l'shav, l'mishsherot z'lios shava l'mishpachto l'yenorot. Okay, point of his words, actually in the Pasuk, that there's no kofar, there's no payment to this individual. So there seems to be a proof to Rav Nachman that you're allowed to take matters into your own hands. To which the Imran says, no, 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 hachama ha'eskinan ba'avda ganva. Well, say, no, no, this is a different kind of case. This is a case of potential loss, Right? Why? Because he was who to him out of here. Why is this guy in Eved? Why is he in Eved? Because he was a thief. So now we'll say, if, if, if I'm the owner of this Eved and he was, he, he was mad because of a thief, it's in my best interest to get him out of the house as quickly as possible. Right? Because when I say, I'm scared that he's going to steal more stuff from me. So therefore, what the Yomar is essentially answering is that this is a case of loss. A case of loss or potential loss. Remember, everyone agrees that Allah is in a case of loss, what? In a case of loss, you have the right to take matters into your own hands. That's what everyone agrees. Remember, one second, if he's a thief, the hashtag, as the says, the adha idna loganov, the hashtag I understand. He's been living in your house for the last 40 years, right? So you weren't concerned that he's a thief for the last 40 years. Now suddenly you're concerned he's a thief. So he says, no, I'll tell you why. Adha idna have imsa derabe alay. There's a big difference, I will say. In the last number of years, this Eved was an Eved. And as such, he had, he had a certain respect or reverence for the master. Now, he's emancipated. Now he's free. And as a free man, he does not have that same reverence for the master. And therefore, there's an acute concern that he's going to steal. That's why the master is rushing him out of the house in order to stave off a loss. So, both side, so this is a case of taking the law into your own hands in order to stave off a loss, which as the Gemara said before, everyone agrees is permitted. Everyone agrees is permitted. Incredible. No, different case. It's also a case, you know what, you know why the, uh, you know why the Evet is delaying leaving the house? Because the master gave him a maidservant. That's why he's leaving. I will say, now remember, Ad ha'idn ha'etera v'ashti surah. An Eved is allowed to produce offspring with a, with a, with a shifcha, with a maidservant, when he's an Eved. 
But once he's emancipated, I will say he's a full he's a regular Jew, he's not allowed to have relations with the Shivcha. So you can Tashma. So I'll say therefore again, we don't have a raya. So therefore I will say again, where are we holding? Right where we started. We have this machlogis from Nakam Ravihuda. Are you permitted to go ahead and take the law into your own hands? Rav Yehuda says, absolutely not. Rav Nachman says, absolutely yes. In cases where it is clear that the law is on your side. Exception, everyone agrees, where you are going to suffer a loss. We're going to suffer a loss. Halach HaLamaisa. in a case of loss, you are permitted to go ahead and take matters into your own hands. So Tashma, Hamaniach Esakad Birshasarabim. If a person ultimately again is leaving a jug in Birshasarabim, and someone else goes in and trips over it, Vishavra, and he went ahead and smashed the utensil. Potter, they both say, now remember again, this is our Mishnah. This is our Mishnah. Right? Ruven leaves his jug in the Rishurabim. Shimon comes along and trips over it and also smashes the jug. Shimon's Potter. Shimon's Potter. Now, Taima de Niskalba. Now, the reason ultimately Shimon is Potter is why? Because he tripped over it. Hashavra, but if Shimon were to intentionally go ahead and smash it, ultimately again he would be chayiv. Be chayiv. Amrav Zvid Mishmeid Durava. Shrav Zvid said in the name of Rava. Hu adin afilu shavra. The truth is, this would be the halacha even if you intentionally broke the utensil. Vahay diktani niskal. So why does it say you tripped over it? I did the kaboy the mis nisefaim huzuk bala bala chavis chayiv benisko dafkun niskal. So we'll say the truth is, one can make the argument that if Ruvain left his jug in Shurabim, right, and Shimon, whether Shimon tripped over it or Shimon intentionally broke it, there's no liability there. I, so why does the Mishnah phrase it? Oh, we had this yes, Why does the Mishnah phrase it as a case of tripping over it? That's because of the Seva, always the Seva, that if Ruvain goes ahead and trips over the utensil and breaks it and is injured by the utensil, in that case, ultimately, Reuven is going to be chayif. But if Shimon purposely breaks the utensil, even though he might be entitled to do so, if he's injured as a result of that, there's no liability on the part of Reuven. Why not? Why not? Because Shimon did it to himself. Right? That, that, that's a case, so I'll say, where you cause the inhars. No one asks you to stamp on the utensil. Maybe you have the right to do so. But if you do so of your own volition, even if you have the right and you're injured, that's on you. That's on you. Katani Reishan Nisko. So I said, Sefer again, as a result, we go ahead and in order to create Mishnahic symmetry, we also write in the beginning of the Mishnah a case ultimately again of where he goes ahead and trips over it. Trips over it, even though Halach it could be that he has the right to stomp on it as well. Okay, Tashma, the Katsosas Kappa. To us, we actually referenced this case yesterday. Ruven and Shimon are having a fight. Ruven and Shimon are having a fight. And what happens? In order to break up the fight, so Ruvain's wife, Ruvain's wife, goes ahead and grabs, grabs Shimon, grabs Shimon in the private parts of his body in order to break up the fight. So I'll say, so there is a particular penalty payment over there that that Ruvain's wife has to pay. Rashi, the, the pasuk over here is Kinasu Anashim Yachtov. Two men are fighting. Right, Ishva Achiv. The Karva Isha Saecha Vahatzel is Isha Miyal Makeu. So there's a penalty payment that she has to pay boshas. She has to pay for humiliation in that case. So in that case, the says, "My love, Now we'll say, is this not a case where the only way for for Ruvain's wife to break up the fight is to take this extreme measure? Right? If that's the case, we'll say, then this is a case of what? This is a case of of a person taking the law into their own hands, but in a situation of loss." Situation of loss. To which the Gemara says, "No, no, no. Lo sheicholah lahatzil ayidei davra acher." No, this is actually a case where halacha lemaisa she has the ability to break up the fight in a different way. Aval in yicholah lahatzil ayidei davra acher petura peinachinami. If there was no other way to break up the fight, then she wouldn't. Then she would be potter. There would be no liability on her part. Iachi, if that's the case. Adetani seifa. Look at the end of that brayso. Veshalcha yado shavshal yada prat l'shliach beizdin. So I'll say this is interesting. So remember, it is only in this case where the woman is chayiv, or generally a person is chayiv for boshes. But I will say, if a shliach beizdin, if a shliach beizdin was executing an agency of the beizdin, but as a result they humiliated someone, right? In the course of execution of that agency, there is no obligation for boshes payment. We'll talk about this in greater depth. There is no obligation for boshes payment. Why don't we just say lifnog v'lisnei b'diday? 
go ahead and we'll say instead of going into a different case, go ahead and literally go a little bit deeper in this particular case. How so? When is a woman, when is this woman, right, the wife of Ruvain, Chayef Rebosh, the nation of Shimon, when she had the ability to potentially save her husband through some other course of action. But if she didn't have the ability to save her husband through a different course of action, so Ptura, ultimately, again, she is Potter. She is Potter. To which the Gemara says, You're right, is what we're saying. When is this so, ultimately, that she is Chayaves in a Boshes and humiliation payment? When she has the ability to save her husband through a different course of action. But if she doesn't have the ability to save her husband through a different course of action, in other words, the only way to break up this fight was to engage in this extreme behavior. So, she is, she is no different than an agent of the court, and she would be Ptura from any Boshas. Okay, interesting. Tashma. Was this is an interesting case. Interesting is, we'll say, let's say again, I have a property. I have a property. But the public has a path through my property. Okay, both it happens. Right? Sometimes, again, there's a shortcut that's established through someone's, you know, backyard. And it's an established, it's an established route. So I was like, what's that, Allah? So the Gemara says, not law, v'nasla minatsal. Let's say I decide one day, you know what? I don't want people coming through my backyard anymore. So instead, but here's what I'm willing to do. Right now, the path cuts through the middle of my backyard. I'm not happy with that. So what I'll do is I'll give them a path on the side. I'll even pave it. I put up lights, refreshment station, right? I'll go ahead. So I'm just, I'm moving it to the side. Moving it to the side. So I'll say, what's that? It's incredible. Mashenasan nasan, the additional path you gave them, shkoyach, v'shalolo But they still also have the path to the middle of your yard. In other words, you can't take back the path from the middle of the yard once it's been established for public use. So you kind of get hit twice. So the path, the new path you gave them, that's theirs also. But the old path, that's also theirs. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. I will say, if a person has a right to take the law into their own hands, then what? I should be able to sit on the path that's in the middle of my yard with a stick and say, you want to come through? Let's go. Right? Let's go. Let's see you get through. I was saying I could, I could hit everyone with a stick as they trespass, or at least threaten to hit them with a stick, as they trespass my yard. Mm-hmm. The concern is like this. You have a right, technically speaking, to replace one path with another path. The concern is that the second path can't be a more tedious route than the first. So the concern over here is that if we allow you to replace the path with a new path, Akhlason literally means a diagonal. You're going to make it longer for the public to get from point A to point B. That's the case. The case I will say is where I replace path A with path B, but path B is a more circuitous route. So in that case, what's the the circuitous route is theirs, and the new path is also theirs. Ravashi, I understand. Ravashi says, "Kol minatzad derech aklosonu krovolazet uruchokolazet." So Ravashi says, "Here's the problem. By definition, any time you replace the path, it's considered to be a circuitous path. Why? Because we'll say if you're moving that path, that by definition, what does that mean? What does that mean? That is going to be further for someone, and you don't have a right to go ahead and inconvenience the public." after the public have already established a route. If that's the case, so I'll say, so fine. I can accept it. I will say, this is actually, you should understand. this case comes up all the time. When people buy a home, right? right? I, a person buys a home, and the previous owner, the previous owner, had let the public cut through his yard. Right? Suddenly, again, I'm a more private person. I don't want everybody cutting through my yard. It's a big discussion, halacha. And there's absolutely a concept that once the public have kind of an established route and an owner allowed them, it's not partial to take that back from the public and to shut them out in any event. So I say, so now, I, now I understand, let's accept, let's accept this premise, let's accept this idea that once a route has been established for the public, you don't have the ability to take it back. So, okay, so fine. So, say, so let's go back to the case. I have a property, the public had a route through my backyard. I don't want them to use it anymore. I give them a route on the side of my yard. So what's the halacha? Doesn't work. 
doesn't work. But the what the Bryce said was, now both routes belong to the public, you don't even get back with the side route that you gave them. Where says, I understand why. So here's what I don't understand. I understand my inability to change the routes from the middle of my yard. But at least then what should happen? I should get back the second route on the side of my yard. Let that come back to me. I let the public keep its original route, but yet that's not Ta'alocha. Ta'alocha is the public gets both, and I don't get back either of them. What's the pshat? To which the Gemara says, Mishud Rav Yehuda, Leymah Loshkolodit, Vahavali Didi, Mishud Rav Yehuda, Dam Rav Yehuda, Meitzar Sheikh Ziku Barabim, Asr, Asr Lekalkolo. Because Rav Yehuda says, essentially, once Halacha Lamayi say, you have a path that the public has taken hold of, they made a chazaka on, you can't take it back. So the assumption in this case over here is I gave the public the side route. And I will say, what did they do? People started using it. So once they started using it, that's it. You can't take it back. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally, again, I'm at a disadvantage of both. So now suddenly I went from wanting to exchange one route to and for another to having given the public actually two different routes. Okay, Tashma. This was an interesting case. I, I have a field, I have a field, and I set aside payah on the north corner. Payer of Osir Payer is the obligation to leave a corner of your field to the bar. So I'm a good Jew. I try to be a good Jew. I leave Payer on the north side. We'll say, what ends up, hap- what ends up happening? Ubo aniyam v'natlo b'nisad acher. Aniyam, for some reason, and poor people end up helping themselves to Payer on the south side. Only one problem. I didn't designate the south side as Payer. I designated the north side as Payer. So what's ta'alacha? Zeh v'zeh Payer. They're both Payer. They're both payah. So the Gemara says, so, so again, and we don't say, we don't say, now, I'm not allowed to go ahead and say, what's well, that, guys, guys, no, 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 go, go ahead and start yelling or hitting Aniyam and say, no, no, not the south side, the north side. But the Gemara says, Amai zev pazra Why are both payah? Why can't I go with the staff and chase them away ultimately again from the south side, move them to the north side? Amarav What does it mean that both are peah? The potron minha meiser. It ultimately means it was to exempt them from meiser. Look at Rashi. The potron minha meiser. The af peah hanish eres hefker chashiva the af agav the nocket leiup through meiser. No, no. It was if it turns out that poor people start taking from the south side, that could be the peah. That could be the peah. In other words, I, I could shift the designation and ultimately make the south side pay off. So what about the north side? So the north side is not pay but interestingly enough, the north side is putter from Meiser. They will say, why? So it's interesting. Remember, again, anything that is ownerless, that is Hefker, ultimately, again, is set aside, is, is, is exempt from Meiser. So we'll say something interesting. So I designated the north side for payah. The Aniyim end up taking from the south side. So that's fine. I could switch the payah designation now to the south side, and the north side is not going to be paying anymore. But even though the north side is not payah, here's what's fascinating, it's tax exempt, so to speak, right? It's pater from Meister, why? Because since it was hefker for some amount of time, once something is hefker, even if it's subsequently reclaimed, it remains exempt from Meister. Fascinating, right? Fascinating. So I'll say another example of this. Here's the example of this. If I make my vineyard hefker, and then I wake up the next morning and I reclaim it and I harvest it. Olos is leaving behind underdeveloped grapes, undeveloped clusters for the poor, or shechacha and peya leaving behind the bundle, or again a sheaf, or patramina meiser. But it is patramina There's an interesting halacha that says, that if something was ownerless, even for a brief period of time, even if you subsequently reclaim it, halacha l'maiseh, it's torah mechadah from Well, it happens to be, it's an interesting tax loophole. It's an tax loophole. That technically, if you want to exempt your property from Meiser, what you could do is make it hefker, even just for a couple of moments, right? And what? Reclaim it afterwards. Now, there's some dangers in that process is that other people could claim it in the interim. And there's a process, but technically speaking, it works. So therefore, I will say, you are making a very interesting suggestion over here. That halacha lamaisa, what you could do is, now, now in this case over here, so what's happening is, I made the north side of my field, peah. The Aniyim, for some reason, are collecting from the south side, thinking that's peah. 
That's fine. I could switch the payer designation to the south side. So now the south side is payer, the north side is no longer payer. But even though the north side is no longer payer, nevertheless, what? Nevertheless, halacha lamaisa, it still remains tax exempt. Why? There is no, no maisa obligation. Why? Because since halacha lamaisa, it was hefker for some amount of time, that hefker designation ultimately, that for a certain amount of time, allows it to remain exempt from maisa. Good. So I'll say, so now, we'll leave off the second. We're finished. Baruch Hashem, Mazel Tov, new Mishnah. What's the halacha? What's the halacha? Is a person allowed to take the law into their own hands? In any case, where I'm right, or dafka in a case of psidus? So we'll say, listen to this. So the Rambam Paskins, the Rambam Paskins, Rabbis, listen to this. Yesh li adam lasos din li atzmo, in yesh biyado koach, hoil v'chadas v'chalochu oseh, so we'll say the Raman Pasuk is like Rabbi Huda. Like, sorry, uh, sorry, like Rav Nachman. Like Rav Nachman. Then we'll say if I know that there is a case where it is clear, there is no dispute, there is no two sides. The halacha is with me. I have a right to take matters into my own hands. And the system doesn't require me to go to Beisdin when it is clear that Talacha is on my side. So, so just to give you like a simple, explicit situation, right? I lent my lawnmower to Ruvain. Ruvain is not returning it. Ruvain's not returning it. So say, there's no two sides to this. Ruvain's not giving it back to me. I have a right to go to Ruvain's property and take it back. I have a right to go ahead and, you know, now... Can I break into his house in order to go out and get it? So I said, that's a bit, that, that could be a bit more problematic. But Lamaisa, I don't have to go to Beisdin. I don't have to begin a legal proceedings to get back that which is mine. Rather, I have a right to punch him in the, punch him in the teeth, right? Punch him in the teeth. In other words, with a show of force and to go ahead and take back which is mine. So the, Rambam, so the logic of the Rambam is where it is clear that you are in the right and someone else is in the wrong, we do, the halacha doesn't require you to go through the difficulty of accessing the legal system. Because we'll say again, I have to call up the basin, I have to get him date in basin, I have to go to basin. Again, it's a tircha where it's clear. Now, again, it has to be a case where it's unequivocally clear that I am in the right and the other person is in the wrong. We pass like Rabbi Huda, Avid Inish Dina Linaf Shei. Ultimately, again, halacha lamaisa. <laughs> person could take matters into his own hand. Now the Ramah of goes even a step further. This is true even in a case where there's not a loss. Right? I was for example, it's winter time. I don't need my lawnmower. Right? I don't need my lawnmower. Right? So there's no loss. Or I can go to Bayesden. There's time to go ahead and adjudicate this. But even though there's time to adjudicate it, again, the halacha doesn't require me to go to Bayesden. Certainly where there's a case of loss, of course I can take matters into my own hand. Even when there is no case of loss, I don't have to, I don't have to do that. I was like, that's the Ramam. We don't have time for it today. The Shulchan Aruch has a much greater Arichos on this. Actually, it's a fascinating Sif and Shulchan Aruch with, that, with a massive Ramah, massive Ramah, that gets into some more of the technical applications of this. But just know, in what we call the Halacha Yibesha, just in the, in the straight out Halacha, we paskin like, we paskin like Rabbi Huda, that Avid Inish Dina Linafshei. Sorry, the Rabbi Nachman, I'm sorry. The Rabbi Nachman, that law of it inish, the law of it inish, sorry. Pass like Rabbi Nachman, of it inish, the law of a person can take matters into their own hands. Halacha lamaisa, even in a case where there is not a loss. Incredible. Mishnah. Both say, let's go. Nishbra kadobi shusarabim. So we'll say, here we go. Right? Ruven has a jug, and the jug smashed in shusarabim. Vohochlak echer b'mayim, and Shimon comes along and slips on the water of the jug. So we'll say in this case over here, the jug had water, the jug breaks, so Shimon slips on the water, and ultimately what happens? O shalaka becharases, or he becomes injured with the shards of the jug. Chayiv. Ultimately, again, Ruben is chayiv. Ruben is chayiv. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, b'meskavin chayiv, b'meskavin potter. So Rabbi Huda says, excuse me. Thank you, Rabbi Huda says, if there was intentionality. Now again, we'll discuss exactly what that means in terms of intentionality. If there was intentionality, then Reuven will be chayif. If there's not intentionality, not miskavin, Reuven is going to be potter. So we'll say, so this is now, thank you, thank you. So this is now, thank you. So this is now an interesting case. So we'll say, in this case over here, so remember again, what's happening? Reuven illegally placing the jug in Rosh right? 
What's happening now is the jug is breaking, but the injury is not happening as a result of why. Or like I said, there, there is a case where, where Shimon is being injured with the shard, but there's also another additional case where Ruven is being injured through the water, right? Ruven slips in the water, right? The Pashto, something's happening as a result of the water. There's liability for that as well. So let's analyze this. So this is very interesting. Rav says, what's the case? The case is where Ruven's clothing is damaged by the water. Take a look at Rashi just a moment. Last Rashi in the daf. I suppose Rashi gives him coming attractions over here. Rashi is saying like this. What's the case of damage over here? The case of damage is where Ruvain's clothing gets damaged by the water. Ruvain's clothing gets damaged by the water. What we're going to see is according to Rav, Rav looks at the water as the shar, as the mammon, as the property of Ruvain. And therefore, it turns out, it turns out that Ruvain's shar, Ruvain's water, is damaging Shimon's utensil, Shimon's clothing. That's why there's liability. Aval, Abedes. Aval, who acts more potter? But this is very interesting, I will say. But if Shimon slips on the water and hits the ground and is injured that way, Ruvain is going to be potter. Why? Karka olam hizikaso. Because why else is incredible? Because Ruvain could claim, I didn't injure you. I didn't injure you. What injured you? The ground injured you. That was the ground that injured you. Me, I, 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 I didn't do anything. The ground injured you. To which the Imar says, Ki When this was said before Shmuel, Amrli, so Shmuel said, one second, let's add it. So says, what's incredible about this is, according to Rav, the water in the jug has the status, ultimately, again, of the shar, of the mammon of Ruvain. And therefore, again, when Ruvain's clothing, his utensils, get damaged by the water, then there's liability for that. But if Ruvain slips and gets hurt on the ground, so Ruvain could say, I didn't do that to you. The karaka, the land, did that to you, no liability. So basically, we said this before, Shmuel, Amrali, he said, Michti, avno in general, if a person's stone, or his load, right, or his knife, I'm sorry, or his load, injured someone else, that's generally derivative of a bar, right? So in other words, when, when, my, when my inanimate object goes in and damages someone, generally that's a derivative of bar. So, so mi bar alamanu, the kulan ani karban, I will say regarding all of those things we say, shar velo adam, right? I will say, remember again, when it comes to bar, bar liability is only for an animal and not for a person, right? If a person falls into a bar, it's not liability. Chamar velo kalim. And there's only liability, ultimately, again, for an animal and not utensils. And that's only if my bar kills something, right? If something dies in my bar. But also remember, again, there's not liability. If I have a bar and a person falls in and dies, I don't have liability, right? I have a bar and Caleb fall in and they're broken. Ultimately, again, no liability. But for damages, one is absolutely chayiv. And ultimately for utensils, one will be part of the So this is this. So those say this is fascinating. Machalkis Rav and Shmuel, how do you view the water that spills out of the broken jug? According to Rav, the water is viewed as the shar of Ruve. Fascinating. Fascinating. And therefore, again, if Ruve, if Shimon's utensils, if his clothing gets damaged, Ruvain is going to be chayiv. But ultimately, if Shimon slips and falls, then that's not Ruvain's mama that's damaging, that's the character that's damaging, and Ruvain will be potter. According to, according to Shmuel, Shmuel sees the water as the bar. It's a bar of Ruvain. Oh, if it's a bar of Ruvain, then if Shimon slips and dies, there won't be liability. If Shimon's utensils get damaged, there's no liability. But if Shimon slips and falls and gets damaged, there absolutely is liability. Fundamental achlogis. Varav. Furthermore, Rav says, that's only if you made the water hefker or the bar hefker. But if you don't make, if you don't make the water hefker, then mamonahu. Then indeed, ultimately, again, it would be, this is Rav, I'm sorry, the only time, right, it's only, only if it's hefker. But if you don't make it hefker, then ultimately, again, the water remains your mamon. So both say, so fundamental is over here, how do we view the water that spills out of the jug? According to Rav, it's the mammon of Ruvain, just like Yishar. According to Shmuel, it is the bar of Ruvain. So, Mafsim Rav Osher Vashar is a kasha, Vinafal Shamar, Shar O Chamar. So, what's it talking about? Bar. Torah talks about again, a Shar or a Chamar falls into the bar. Shar velo Adam, Chamar velo Kalim. That teaches an solution. One is only liable for a Shar, but not for a person. A Chamar, not for utensils. Mikan Amr, from here we see. 
right? If, if I dug a pit, Ruven dug a pit, and what happens? The shar of the utensils of Shimon fall in, and they are broken. So what's talacha? Chamar v'keilav v'neskaro, or a chamar, and utensils fall in when they're torn. Chayiv ala behema, upatr ala keilav. In general, both say, one is only liable. Bar liability only extends to an animal, doesn't extend to utensils. So ha lemazed domer, to what is this comparable to? Laavno v'sakino umasau, this is comparable to a case of one who places down his stone, his knife, or his load. They do damage. Why does it, it should say, what is comparable to this? What is comparable to this? So I'll say, therefore, so watch this. Therefore, I'll listen to this. If a person is carrying a jug, right? Reuven is carrying a jug, and Shimon left the stone, right? Left the stone there, and Reuven smashes his jug against the stone. Ultimately, again, there be, should be liability. So the Gemara says, here's the problem. Reisha kash the Rav seifa kash the Shmuel. This Reisha is problematic according to Rav, and the seifa is problematic according to Shmuel. Well, the Tamecha, according to that logic, tikshi lecha he gufa. Reisha potter of a seifa chayiv. Well, see, there's a bigger problem. Because in the ratio, the first case, we're saying your part. Say, we're saying your chayef. El rab matarz tamei, ushmuel matarz tamei. Well, say, both rab and shmuel interpret this according to their respective reasoning. How so? Rab matarz tamei. Rab will say as follows. When is this so? B'shev kiran. They will say, when does an object become a bar? When does it actually become a bar? We'll say, only when what? When you make it hefker. Because if you retain ownership over it, these same objects have the status of your mamon, which is your shar. Avaloif kiran. Now remember, if you're mafkirit, if you're mafkirit, it becomes a bar. If it becomes a bar, then what? There's only liability for animals and not for kalim. However, avaloif kiran, but if you don't make it after, then it's not your bar. Rather, what is it? What is it? It's your shar. And if it's your shar, chayib, there's liability even for damage to utensils. Levichach, therefore, Therefore, I will say again, in a case where, let's say, Reuven smashed his utensil against the stone of Shimon, and Shimon was not mafkir, that utensil, that stone, therefore, again, that's the mamon of Shimon damaging the kalim of Reuven and his liability. Shmuel answers the question, just quickly, let's finish. Now that we say that your that, that your your stone, your knife, and your load is like your bar, so the Rabbi Huda the mechayiv on this kekilim the bar. Therefore, according to Rabbi Huda, who holds that you are responsible for damages of utensils by a bar. Ultimately, again, if Reuven smashes his utensil against Shimon's stone, there will be liability. I will say, I'll stop over here for today. I will say, but again, just understand what we're leaving off in the middle of is essentially in this case in the Mishnah, where Halakha, sorry, that went a little fast, but in the last case in the Mishnah, in this case in the Mishnah, where again, Reuven left his utensil, the utensil breaks, ultimately the water spills out. Shimon is damaged in the water. What's the status of the water? Rav is going to say the water has the status of the mamon of Ruvain, if as long as Ruvain wasn't mafkirit, and therefore again, one will be responsible if ultimately Shimon's clothing is damaged. But if Shimon falls and hits the ground, Ruvain can say, I didn't damage you, the ground damaged you. Shimon says, no, water has the status of bar. Because water has the status of bar, again, therefore the chayiv for Kalim, sorry, chayiv for Adam, and chayiv for Kalim for damages. In a website to be continued tomorrow. What's the status of the water? Machlokis, resolution tomorrow. Shkoyach.